Welcome into another episode of Car Stories. My name is AJ, and we are joined today by Alexander Weaver, who's a North American car specialist for RM Auctions. Uh, the collector car market is something that, for some reason, really fascinates me, probably the most out of the entire car industry, the car collecting industry, is the, the basically the stock of cars going up and down. So I'm really excited to get into sort of how that plays and and the business end of that. But before we go into everything you're doing today, let's start from the very beginning with you telling us what your earliest automotive memory is. Well, thanks for having us, AJ. Appreciate being here. Um, I would have to say my earliest automotive uh, memory would be when I was probably about three or four years old. Um, one of two, actually. Three or four years old. My dad had an E-Type at the time. I think it was a 67 E-Type coupe. Um, and the story goes a little differently, two different ways. Uh, my mom says that he left me in the car. He says my mom left me in the car. Either way, I was in the driveway. Either way, Probably, someone forgot about you. Yeah, exactly. It was in the driveway. They ran inside for something, and I uh, knocked the car out of gear climbing over the center console and rolled out of the driveway and across about three lanes of traffic and bounced off the curb on the other side and was uh, totally harm-free. So uh, it was a very positive experience. It could have gone a lot worse, but that was one of them, and another was... Uh, Oh, I was with my grandfather, and I was probably about six years old. He took me to a, a grocery store parking lot in his 65 Corvette and would put me in his lap and let me steer around the parking lot, and I'd tell him when to brake and things, and I'd practice trying to park cars. You so, weren't telling him, you know, <laughs> when to heel toe, drop a gear? No, no not yet. Not quite that, but, but uh, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. What? Uh, so you come from a, a lineage of car fans? Yes, exactly. My family's actually been in the car business since the 30s. So where are uh, you guys from in South Carolina and what, uh, what end of the car business are you guys? In? Um, dealers of all sorts from AMC to Jaguar in the sixties and all the way up to stuff today, you know, new car stuff. But, uh, it was always the old cars that, that fascinated me and it was, I was very grateful to be able to grow up around the old car scene. So when you were growing up, did you sort of have the idea of, I want to do something involving cars or is it something you sort of fell into? Yeah, a little bit of both. You know, I always enjoyed, you know, growing up uh, when I was, you know, early teenager, helping my dad, you know, he would buy a car, we'd, we'd clean it up together. It'd be kind of our hobby, you know, and a lot of people have that story. So uh, it, it was with all sorts of different cars from 66 Shelby GT350s to Land Rover Defender 90s and everything in between. Um, got to play with a lot of different stuff then. And no leftover AMC Pacers from the dealership? No, no, no. Not, not Fortunately, very many? yeah, they were able to get rid of all those, so... Um, it was more, uh, it was more classic cars though. And, uh, Mustangs, Corvettes, things like that. We had a lot of fun though. Um, and, and my dad was always very involved with me being a part of it. So, uh, very lucky to have that and have my grandfather as well and things. So, so then what were you driving once you turned 16? I was driving a Land Rover Defender 90, which All I right. still own. I still drive uh, was weekly. It so the bright yellow one I saw you on Santa Monica. In? Yeah, absolutely. That is that a exactly. good-looking Defender. <laughs> thank you. That thank is you. a yeah. and it's one of those things. I I go back and forth on yellow. Yeah, yellow can either look 
horrendous on a car or be the best color i think for a car i totally agree and i've had a few of them in different colors over the years and i've always gone back to the yellow yeah it's fun in that one i think yellow on that car uh, definitely works perfectly so so you're growing up you're driving a defender to high school uh you know you go to college when did you sort of make this this is what i want to do for a living uh, you know, I went to college for business administration, but again, it was always, there was always a love of cars there. Uh, even in college, I was, you know, helping my dad, I was buying some cars, flipping them, things like that. Kind of earned my way through college doing that a little yeah. bit. Um, you know, at least some of my frivolous expenses at that point, you know, and um, it was really at that point I decided, you know, I want to, I want to start selling these cars. I want to deal with them. I, I love the history. I love, you know, the way they look. I love learning all about them. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I started looking at different avenues and I realized going into the auction business would be the most fun. You know, I get to travel a bit, uh, get to learn about all sorts of different eras of cars, which was important to me because I, you know, for my whole life, I had mostly focused on 50s, 60s and 70s European American, you know, muscle and sports cars. So, uh, it, it's been great working with RM, getting to know about brass cars, classics, nickel era cars, you know, everything in, in between. So, yeah, uh, it, it's amazing. You think you know a lot about cars. You think if you just use the term, you're a car guy, you know a lot. And then when you get to a place like RM or like, like here at the Peterson, you go, oh my God, there's an entire, I didn't even, I can't even point out what brands these cars are. Or, you know, I knew nothing about hot rods or nothing about pre-war cars. Uh, and then how quickly you can kind of learn and adjust to that. Yeah, absolutely. It, it was there was so much for me to learn, especially in the the classics era. What um, what uh, the cars you were working on? Because this is sort of ties into the marketplace. What are some of those cars that you sold that you look back on? You're like, geez, if I still had that. Uh, I remember uh, we we played a lot with it. We had a '66 GT350 carryover car. Um, one somewhere to y'all, that y'all had down here in the basement recently and, uh, just, you know, buying it for, I want to say we got around 30 and then, you know, it just wasn't as good of a car as we wanted and ended up selling it for 35 and it's a $250,000 car. I was going to say, this you is know? what, kind of early 2000s? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right so not then. that so, long ago. No, no, not at all. It's just, it's insane. The, the boom that's gone into it lately. Yeah. Uh, what do you sort of attribute to some of that, to this market of, now people are investing in the cars. You know, everybody, a lot of people use the term investing very, very differently. Um, I believe now there are, are more people out there who are knowledgeable on the cars. Uh, you know, it, people talk about what happened in the late 80s, early 90s with the market and how it was kind of moving up quickly and things like that. And we, we try not to get into that too much and, and try not to uh, really go back on, on what was happening then. But for the most part, people say that it was, you know, that was attributed to people being a lot of middlemen in there and just trying to flip cars for more money and it being a hot commodity at the time. Yeah. Nowadays we see that there are a lot of very intelligent collectors out there. Yeah. It guys, seems like there's a lot of quality. Out yeah. There. It, it, people that know what they want and, and aren't just buying it for, for the investment purposes. Um, you know, look at, you know, basic economics, it, it, how many more millionaires and billionaires there are now than there were 20 years ago. Yeah. You know, based on all different markets. Um, so people that just have more money out there that need somewhere to put it and cars are so enjoyable. They're great to look at, even if you're not driving them. Um, mm -hmm. so, you know, we really, we like to see that, that they're going to people who are keeping them. They're going to good collections. They're not just going, you know, from one guy to another, 
which you know it makes our our job a little more difficult. <laughs> it's harder to get those cars and, and and try to you know move them around because people are collecting them more so than just flipping them. But you know it's nice to see that the the hobby is steady and that people are really you know moving into it. You know, the younger generations are moving into say the Countach market. I mean, which has exploded recently. Oh yeah, you know, Ferrari five twelves. You know, things of the the seventies and eighties that are really moving up in value very quickly. Um, and then you get into all the you know the Ferrari supercar lineup and and how much that has uh, moved up recently. So you can see that that there are people out there that actually care and that they're finally able to get some things that they you know had on their bedroom walls as kids as their poster cars, right? It, it it is one of those things that yeah you, you do buy. I mean my I've said on this podcast a million times. My pod, po- poster car is an NSX. Yeah, I, I grew up with an NSX on my wall and forever. I even remember turning 16 looking on ebay motors like there was a chance my parents were gonna buy me one <laughs> thinking god you know like 18 grand you yeah. can go get a 93 94 now 45 50 yeah. 60 grand yeah i uh, did the same thing with an sx i loved nsx they were awesome cars you know in in e30 and e36 m3s too those were always you know way up on my list and and they're even further up on my list now so yeah we had this conversation yesterday i'm sure you saw the it was at the 21 window bus yeah, that just went for two hundred and thirty-five thousand dollars, and it's unreal. it's you know it's the Woody crowd's kids. Yeah, now have money and go these you know this is what I want. Yeah, so it, all that stuff it's just it's cyclical and it's you know it's a generation and it climbs and it climbs. So you being a car specialist at RM, kind of explain to people who who you know have seen auction shows on TV and you know there's no shortage of car flipping shows online oh, yeah. on TV right now. Absolutely. Uh, that might make it look a little easy. So yeah. what sort of goes into just a day in the life of, of something like, you know, you would do at RM. So we focus, you know, as a car specialist, we focus on the consignment and the sales of the cars primarily. Um, you know, we have our whole marketing team, we have our full graphics team, you know, client services teams, everything else. But, you know, we, we really are focusing on, on our, our main commodity, the cars. Um, so we're out there, you know, on the road, uh, looking at cars, trying to find cars, meeting people that have cars, you know, looking at awesome garages all over the place, um, and, and trying to get those cars for auction. What is a big part of that though, is, is checking the history on each car and, and making sure that each one is what they say it is. It is, it does have a good history. It wasn't, you know, rolled into a ball and caught on fire at some point, things like that, you know, and really vetting each car that we offer uh that way that you know our, our clients trust us and, and they know that if there's something that's going through our sales um they can ask us you know is it befitting of my collection and we can say yes you know and, and we have the the research to back that up and our research team does a fantastic job of that we have you know six eight guys that just focus on researching each car that we can sign or are going to consign you know potential consignments things like that um, and you know, there's a small bit that we do of, of private treaty sales as well that, you know, allows us to come in and, and look at a car and say, you know, I have a specific client who has been looking for one of these, you know, maybe we can work something out. Um, but you know, we try to make people feel really comfortable in the auction process. You know, going to auction can be a lot easier for people. They don't have to try to market the car themselves. They don't have to deal with tire kickers, things like that. Uh, you know, people just coming randomly into their garage and, you know, what we say about the auction business is when you have a car for sale and, and you're ready to sell it and you put an asking price on it, it can only go down from there. Yeah. You know, you, as you take it to an auction, you say, I want this minimum. It's only going to go up from there. So, you know, that's always a positive light. 
Not to mention you ha- you don't have to deal with Craigslist ads. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, there's nothing worse than trying to sell your F40 on Craigslist. <laughs> hey, there was a McLaren in San Diego. <laughs> I saw that. Uh, an F1. Yeah. I think they wanted eight and a half million dollars. Yeah. You know, OBO though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it said it had 70 something thousand miles on it too, actually. <laughs> uh, that's just, yeah. It, that was it, a nice fraud one. It's insane. So, you know, I've, I've had the pleasure of going to RM up in Pebble and, I think that was the first kind of bigger, you know, higher end auction I've been to, but it, it just blew my mind how many people are there and how kind of fast paced it is. I mean, what is, do you have, cause you, you were out on the floor um, and yeah. I, I don't know what the exact terminology is, but you're, you're yeah. pointing out bids. Yeah, exactly. Bid spotting. Um, you're bid spotting. How sort of head on a swivel, how difficult, you know, do you sort of know, Hey, when a car comes up, I need to look kind of over here because I know there's a certain collector over here that wants that or, you know, what, what goes into the actual day of the auction? Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, we, we look around, you know, we, we know, you know, we know our clients pretty well, you know, we know them by faces and we know, you know, what they're interested in, what they like. And most people, you know, before the auction during the preview days, they'll say, you know, can you help me with this card? I'd like to hear, you know, see more information on it. And then uh, going back to our research department, they actually have, we have a, a section at each auction called access the knowledge which uh, is an area run by a research department that has all of the documentation for each car, every parts list, everything that comes with each car is in that room. And interested parties can go in there. They can actually thumb through the receipts of the car. They can thumb through the old titles, old registrations, and see any toolkits that come with them, binders of, of restoration photos, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, we know when, when guys are looking at that, we know that they're interested in it. And then, you know, come auction time before the car comes up, you know, or a few lots before some of them will, you know, they'll kind of get your attention and they'll say, hey, you know, look for me on this next lot, you know, and, and be watching for me. I might try to throw in a bed here. Uh, and it's just a matter of just being very attentive at the time. And, uh, you know, our auctioneer Max is, is fantastic. And, and we say he's got to be the best in the business. And sarcastic. Yeah, 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 but, which but, makes but it tastefully fun. sarcastic too. He is tastefully sarcastic because you know there's there's only a certain amount of time you're till you're bored looking at and not you know with you guys, but you see some auctions on TV and you go, all right, another restored Nova. <laughs> you know, oh, ah, yeah. here this one's got disc yeah. brakes this time. Yeah, yeah. So, so it's you know you need something something just a little bit fun into it, and you guys have auctions all over the world. Yeah. What are, I mean, because we have Scottsdale coming up. There's Scottsdale. There's Amelia Island. Well, there's Paris actually in between Scottsdale and Amelia. So beginning of February, we do Paris at the Retromobile. Um, And then we have Amelia Island. And then following that, we're actually going to have a big private collection sale, which we've done about, we've done 30 private collection sales now, uh, which is, and we've established fantastic results for all of those. Uh, But that'll be the the Paul and Chris Andrews collection in Fort Worth. Now, for people who don't know, that is... All of the cars belong to. You're doing like a special one-off for someone yeah, who has a, a large. Yeah, collection. sorry, a single vendor sale. So yeah. one one gentleman who has, you know, it's a father and son who have a large collection in Fort Worth of, you know, and they focused on fantastic cars from Duesenbergs to Ferraris to Lamborghinis, everything in between there. Uh, some fantastic hot rods, all sorts of stuff, and uh, so we'll, we're going to sell their whole collection for them, the majority of it. So, uh, and, and that'll be, you know over two days and we'll sell a lot of their memorabilia and you know everything else associated with it some mascots things like that so you know those sales are always exciting um the majority of them are all done at no reserve mm-hmm. um which really draws a lot of attention to them and and then they always they always do exceptionally well um because the ones that we do we ensure that those collections are quality collections and they have great product to offer from them so we'll be doing that sale in in april and then from there 
uh, we move over to Villa Veste in Italy, and that'll be. You don't have to tell me where Villa Veste is. Yeah, I'm yeah. well aware. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so that that'll be in Italy in in May, and uh, from there we go back to uh, we'll go to Detroit in the end of July, and then Monterey, and then London, and then and then Hershey. So. And then in between all those, we also have our Auctions America sales, uh, which will be in Fort Lauderdale in March and uh, Auburn Spring in May, um, in Santa Monica in July, and uh, Auburn Fall again in uh, over Labor Day weekend. So, we so you guys very are busy. busy. Yeah, you guys very busy. busy schedule. <laughs> How many cars do you guys think you sell uh, between the, the year? between Auctions America and RM Auctions? We'll do about three thousand cars. That's it's an insane number, but it's so cool because now you have. You know, you would think ideally three thousand people who are getting into the car hobby, yeah. buying, selling. It, it's sort of keeping it strong. Um, with new cars going in, what you know, is it sort of hard to determine what car is good for which auction? No, we we have a pretty good feel for that typically. You know, and, and that's what our, our clients come to us and they say, "Hey, I have four cars I want to sell," for example. And they say, you know, I have a Camaro, I have a Ferrari 250 GT PF Coupe, I have a uh, I have a 65 Shelby GT350, and I have a uh, a Volkswagen Beetle. Sure. You know, it, it, that's a pretty diverse selection, yeah. but not all of those are going to be good at the same auction. You know, so you, you say the Beetle is good for here, the Camaro is good for here, you know, and, and they trust you say, you know, because for us... It, the more the more we earn for them, the more we earn. Yeah. So, you know, we want to be sure that those cars go to the right place and that they actually do as best as possible for the client and for us. So Yeah, and you don't want, you know, a nine thirty five to go through Pebble, then a uh, a Volkswagen Beetle, yeah. then uh, you know, a, a Stutz. Yeah. So you gotta kinda keep it up. I, I saw something when I was up at Pebble and I've actually been dying to ask you this question. And I think I know the answer to it, but I'm going to let you sort of answer it. We, you had a GTR yeah. Nissan up yeah. there. Uh, that was, a Hagasuka. It was like a record price. Yeah. Uh, and it was, I think, one of the most talked about because here you are, you've kind of got not, not the old fuddy-duddy crowd, but maybe a little more conservative of a crowd who don't maybe fully appreciate Japanese cars. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what sort of made you guys want to put that car into that auction? It was a it was a struggle getting that one in there and, and and things, but we knew that the JDM cars are just going through the roof right now. Um, you know, people primarily see it with the Toyota 2000 GTS. You know, that's that's the poster child of them. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and those bringing a million dollars, and then you go Mazda Cosmos even are doing extremely well. Um, but the GTRs, uh, the original Skylines, are are they're one of the most pure most iconic Japanese sports cars ever made. Um, so the two-door that we sold in Monterey, it was it was an exceptional car. You know, that was the other thing was if we're going to offer one, we're going to offer a great one. Yeah, you know, let's get no, the best. no just average one, the fender's been cut, motor's been hopped up, anything like that. Let's get a very pure stock original car. And and we did that. And we, so it was a great example. Again, it, it created a lot of hype. It was actually the first car we sold on Saturday night. Uh, I think it had an estimate of 100 to 125 or something like that, and it it did 100,000 more than that. Yeah, you know, which was unreal. But it was the first time someone had seen one come to auction. So we actually have one of the, and that was a two door. So the four doors actually came before the two doors, and uh, so the four doors may be considered the most pure example of them, mm-hmm. and then the original GTR. 
So we're actually going to offer one of the four doors at our Arizona auction this year. Oh, very cool. Yeah, so and we'll see. is that something where you guys sort of as a group, maybe you want to curate an auction? You go, hey, you know a car would be good. Let's go out and get this. Or is it – are you guys ever thinking – we would like this type of car in our auction. Let's go find one. Or is it sort of let's wait for someone to come to us and then let's figure out which cars are best for which? Um, you know, it, we get a lot of people coming to us in saying, I want to sell this. And we try to make them work in the right sales, obviously. But for each sale, we do kind of put together a bit of a wish list. Yeah. You know, what would be cool to have at the sale? What do we think is, is a great emerging market? Where can we Where can we really go find some really neat stuff that hasn't been offered before? And is the best of its of its example. So in Monterey this year, we, for example, did that with uh, we did that with eighty sports cars, and we said, "What are some of the most iconic eighty sports cars?" And, and let's go try to find some really great examples. I rock, Camaros, T tops. <laughs> I know, I understand. Well, I get. It. I know where you're coming from. Well, there we went with we did you know a seventy nine Countach that sure. had you know delivery, you know, I think seven hundred kilometers on it, and, a, and an eighty one Ferrari five twelve BV which had as well 500 kilometers on it. What did uh, that go for? That one, the 512 brought just shy of 500,000. And it hadn't been run since 1981. And <sighs> it, you know. I saw one for sale <laughs> three years ago now. They wanted 98. Yeah. Everyone thought they were nuts. Yeah. I think they ended up selling for 95. Yeah. Oh, that's insane. So, you know, we, we kind of put that wish list together. when we also, you know, we ended up with a delivery mile 89 Testarossa. You know, we ended up with a delivery mile 89 Porsche Speedster. Things like that that were really neat. And they all did extremely well. God, you know? don't you just want to ask these people, though? Yeah. Why do you have no miles on this car? <laughs> yeah, I mean, did... thank you, because we're yeah. going to get a ton of money for it. But why did you never drive this? They, you know, that's when they were, you know, again, that was those were late 80s cars when everybody thought the market was just going to keep climbing. And they were buying uh, them to store them, too, point. I would say. you know, I just those, imagine it's a business guy going, eh, it was the 80s. Yeah, you know? yeah, just had to have one. You know, I didn't need to drive it. I lived in Manhattan. What was I going to do with it? But I, I had kinda, to own one. I kind of <laughs> forgot I had it. And now, here it is <laughs> now. Never know. So what's uh, another thing that I think is really neat is going on with the barn finds. Yeah. Uh, it's something I sort of love, but at the same time, I kind of roll my eyes because it feels like every week there's a new barn find. Yeah. Yeah. And there's so many coming out right now. And, you know, over the past few years, they're, they're really interesting in, in, in auctions. Um, sometimes we see barn find cars actually bring more than fully restored cars. Yeah, yeah. And it's just all a matter of, of buyer taste, you know, what do they want? You know, and everybody always says, you know, they're always original once, but you know, what are you going to use it for? What, what is your collection focus on? You know, things like that. And then, you know, there are some people that just focus on all original cars. So that's why they would rather pay more money for an all original barn find than they would for a fully restored car. But is that something you sort of see as a fad? Do you think it could go away or is this something that, you know, these are like you said earlier buyers are getting smarter yeah i think that i think that some of them are are exceptions to the rule i think that you see some barn finds that go across and you say yeah it's a barn find it's fantastic and you know it, it's really neat but it's too far gone yeah and in those cases i would say that's a fad you know because they just kind of want to say they bought a barn find maybe but at the same time are they going to fully restore it? Possibly. Are they just going to park it as is? Possibly. But, you know, it, to me personally, it's that kind of intermediary where it still has original paint. It still has original interior, but it's a running driving car. And, and I don't think that fad will ever go away. 
I think no. people will continue to want cars that are that good. But, you know, if they're all original and they're rusted all the way through the floors, you know, what do you do with that? <laughs> it, it is funny, though, when you talk about and then you go back to these shows where they're doing barn finds is don't wash it. Yeah. Keep the dirt. Yeah. Keep the spider webs. And it's like, can we at least get rid yeah. of the spider webs? <laughs> if know. I paid $3 million for a car, I don't want to get bit when I yeah. get into it. Let's at least throw a bug bomb yeah. in there. Yeah. But uh, but no, I, I love the originality. And, and I it, it's so neat to just sort of see, you know, as everything's climbing, is there anything that's kind of weakened or anything that's sort of, you know, five years ago you would have paid a huge amount now, not so much? I would say there are some parts of the market that have leveled off in ways. Um but that's more for, you know, more run of the mill kind of your, you know, and if it's a classic, for example, it'd be a car that, you know, doesn't have a very famous coach built body on it or something yeah. like that. You know, when you get into everything that's good quality, good history, um, rare cars, you know, with, with fantastic coach built bodies on them, things like that, I think they're all going to continue to go up. You have a standard eight something or another, you know, you know manufacturer built body things like that they're they're not you know maybe increasing in value as quickly um but all the stuff that's fantastic examples of what they are are, are going to continue to do well what do we talked about jdm cars which i i personally love but and, and i've been saying for years these cars good examples are always especially unmolested because mm-hmm. you get into the 90s and 2000s it's you know everything's gutted and taken apart um, but what do you kind of personally see as, hey, here's maybe something people should look at, or if you want something kind of fun that you think you'll get your money out of, you know, in five, six years, like what do you see that is sort of the next on the rise people might not know? With the way that like the Countach market and everything has been going up, I've actually, you know, I've, I've, I've encouraged a couple of clients to buy things like uh, when I've just recently bought a, a Diablo GT, Yeah, you know, a very rare car, but, you know, exceptionally rare last year production, t- things like that that really make that kind of go up. Um, any limited production Ferraris thing, you know, in that sort of stuff, you know, you talk about a, the SA, the 599 SA Apertas, the 550 Parquetas, the Super Americas. Those are all starting to kind of climb back up as well as the Carrera GTs, Ford GTs. Um, you know, those those are really moving up. And that's, you know, that's still a, a high-end segment, don't get me wrong. Yeah, but it's say, also I mean, not Enzo F40, F50 money either. Yeah, I mean, they're still good deals. But, I mean, say if somebody has, I guess, you know, we could do different levels because there are people who yeah. go, eh, you know, I, I had this conversation at, uh, at our rally we did. And I, and I thought it was a very funny, put it in perspective, I was talking to two guys who had uh, like a matching pair of Datsun 2000 Roadsters. Yeah. Um, and I was saying, I sort of think this is an undervalued car. I mean, I really I like these cars. I, I think they're, you know, on the rise and you can sort of, Z's. Yeah, you can get them at a good deal. And, and it was funny because that guy goes, are you kidding? These things are expensive. Mm. And then had a conversation not even five minutes later with a guy who we were telling, he was telling me he wants to buy a Speedster. And he goes, I, I just can't believe all these car prices are going up. And he goes, 150 grand for a speedster is a steal. Yeah. So there is sort of, yeah. you know, it, it is all relative. But you know, so are there still things out there for 25 to 50 grand that might be worth 45 to 80 or 90 in the next couple of years? You know, I, I would have said like an E30 and three. Yeah, you know, things like that. But again, it's a matter of finding really good examples the right that one. haven't been messed with, haven't been hot rodded, haven't been tracked, things like that you got to find the best example of whatever it is you're looking for. Um, 
so you know if you want to spend twenty five thousand dollars on a car, you got to look at cars that are really worth fifteen to twenty, mm-hmm. and then pay up for one. You know, pay pay a premium for one, but you're gonna have the best one out there. It's always gonna be easier to sell the best one out there, and you know that's the one that's gonna move up more quickly for sure. You know, if if a car, you know, you talk about a two forty two eighty Z, you know, and they're fifteen for a, a nice one, twenty yeah. for a really awesome car. Yeah. Um, you know, spend the extra five, get the really awesome one, in, in hopes that when the other ones that are worth fifteen go up to thirty, yours goes up to forty or fifty. Things like that. Yeah, so you sort of want the nicest house on the worst block, I guess. Sure, yeah, yeah. You, Eventually, it'll all start moving up. <laughs> it, it will all start moving up. Uh, and then what do you what do you say to people who sort of think that there is a bubble right now, that, that it might burst and this might go down? I mean, do you – I don't think it will. I, I think this is all sort of going up, but that question's got to be brought up. It, it's brought up a lot, you know, and, and I think we've seen everything. It, it moved up very quickly for a while. It's it's still moving up, but at a more reasonable pace, I would say, at this point. Um, it goes back to what I was saying earlier, though, that there are more collectors out there than there were when there were bubbles in the past. Yeah. There are more end users. There are more great collections now. There are more and more people that can, can cut the checks for awesome cars. Yeah. So what, uh, and, and I guess we can, this would be a good sort of closing out. Oh, no, we, I mean, we do have to talk about the auction, but, um, yeah, tell me, tell me about Arizona coming up. Cause you were telling me about, you've got some really good cars. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about kind of going into that supercar lineup. We yeah. actually, we do have a, a Porsche 959 comfort, a Ferrari F40 and a Bugatti EB 110 GT. So if you're going to be a beginning car collector, buy all three, call it a day, and you're good to go. You're all set. Okay. Yeah. And then you have the respect of everyone. Yeah. <laughs> but the, uh, you know, we really, I personally, I, I love the EB110. I think that those are undervalued cars. Uh, and to go on with those, I think Jaguar XJ220s are undervalued cars. Sure. You know, limited production on both of those units. Um, you know, and they're they're nice to drive. They're actually comfortable. They were built with creature comforts. They were built to go 200 miles an hour down the Autobahn. So... You know, you you know that they're they're solid, well built cars. Um, so those are some neat cars. Another really neat one that we actually have is a uh, an Audi Sport Quattro, which is something kind of interesting for us to to present. But Wait, it's, it's like a Group B. Uh, yeah, it was built for Group B. Um, let me just, yeah, it's an '84 Audi Sport Quattro. So all wheel drive rally machine of the '80s. This one has 8,300 kilometers from new. Um, and, and just, they're so iconic and estimate on that's 350 to 475, which who would have thought that, you know, Audi would be worth that kind of money. But, you know, we think even at that price, it's, it's very competitively offered. So I think so. I, yeah. And I think the the group B stuff is definitely, and maybe because it never really came here. Yeah. Uh, it's an overlooked segment, but I mean, I, same with Lancia 037s. Yeah. I I love the RS 200 for, I think that's just such, I love the Cosworth cool looking car. And Renault R5 Turbo 2. Yeah, but but those are <laughs> 200 grand, 150 yeah. grand. It, it's just, it's insane. So what is sort of you as Alexander Weaver, if I can consign one car? Like, here is my holy grail. Not not even for you to keep. Yeah. You want the, I'm putting together the auction. Uh, this is the car, uh, you know, it's the GTO that was yeah. last year. Or, you know, what is the one car you personally would want that would be just the top car? You know, I, I'm through and through. I'm a Shelby fan, so Daytona Coupe's always up there for me. Sure. <laughs> so that that's always my ultimate. But you know, then you're, you're talking a, a lot of dough in that range. So uh, it, it depends on you know. Again, it all depends on what's relative and, and mm-hmm. what kind of market segment you're talking about. If you're talking about an under fifty or an under hundred or 
under a million, you know, what in, in which range you want to discuss or if it's infinite funds, you know, I'm still going for a Daytona coupe, I think. So, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, GTOs are great cars. Uh, you know, I personally like the 275 GTB C speciality that we sold in Monterey this year that, you know, if you saw the gray one that we sold for 26.4 million. Yes, I did. So yeah. I, I think that that's one of the most fantastic and beautiful cars ever made. Yeah. And, I loved that 250 LM. Yeah. Yeah. 250. And we actually, we're, we're offering it at 250 LM in Arizona this year. Oh, sure. You just you um, know, grab another one. Yeah. Off the shelf. You know, it'll be the, actually, they made 33 of them, and this will be the third one we've offered in, in 14 months. But you have the market cornered on 250 LM. <laughs> I don't know about that, but they are, they're, they're great cars. Uh, they're competitive. They all, you know, great history in, in racing history, pedigree, great lineage yeah. on them. Um, they're fantastic cars to drive. Um, so we're, we're excited to offer this one, uh, from an astounding collection and, you know, it's got an estimate of, uh, it's nine and a half million to 11 and a half or to 12 and a half million. It's just, it's the, so. the crazy thing is you hear that price and you know, to everyone else, they go, that is the nicest house in Beverly Hills. And then to car people, you go, eh, that's a good deal. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah that seems, a, that seems about fair. Yeah. That's a nice good Ferrari. So. I mean, it was, you know, what was the, the GTO that went for 32 or 30 million this year? Yeah. And everyone kind of went, huh? I wanted it to go for more. Like, yeah, everybody assumed it would cheap. bring 50. You know? I, I was one of those people. I said, this will, this will bring every bit of 50 million. Yeah. And it was just one of those like, $30 million. Well, that's disappointing. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> that is money your great, great, great grandchildren will never be able to spend yeah. if you have that. And everyone yeah. goes, oh, that was kind of a letdown. Yeah. So <laughs> it's funny. Uh, everybody, you should go to RM Auctions because not only if you want to consign a car uh, or if you're looking to register to bid on a car, if you just want to look at cool cars. Yeah. I mean, you guys have some of the best photography on cars out there. Uh, you did a whole 2013 year in review of your cars that is. Uh, you give me that look. That is you guys, right? Yeah. yeah okay, yeah, good. Yeah, okay. no, we did, yeah, we did a, fan, <laughs> a, a, a website dedicated to, to just, you know, all the cars we offered this yeah, year. With, the photography, with the videos, yeah. uh, it's just the content you guys put out is unreal for anyone who, you know, isn't quite at the 275 yeah. GTB4 level yet, yeah. but is getting there. It, it's a great way uh, for inspiration. So nice desktop backgrounds and things like that. Very so, good stuff. Uh, Everybody check out the RM website, rmauctions.com. Yeah, so. RM Auctions. And hey, go to Auctions America if you're, yeah. if you're looking to get into something a little more on the entry-level side. Absolutely. And if you're in LA, we'll be having that sale at Auctions America in Santa Monica in July. So please come out for that and uh, visit the auctionsamerica.com website as well. Cool. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you.